Seven Lamb presents Paralyzed. Chapter 6 The Warning. Part 1. It was night. The moon was full. I lay in bed thinking. I should just go to sleep, but it's never easy. I often dreamt of the cabin of Jen, Ethan, Seth, and the others. It had been a while since I had seen the Shadow Man. Was he gone? For good? It's been two months since I fainted in the rest stop restroom. I awoke the next day in a hospital surrounded by police. They took me into questioning, but didn't believe a single thing I told them. Creatures? There are no such things as monsters. I should know that. Instead, they spent months searching for a suspected killer, after I was ruled out of course. Shockingly, they never found the culprit. I went to the funerals of all my friends. Each time was harder than the time before. Jen's was last. Fitting. It took a month for me to stop crying myself to sleep. Now I just stare at the wall and once again, as before the cabin, I dread falling asleep. my mom standing over me. I was on the kitchen floor. Uh, What's going on? You're doing it again. She helped me sit up. I looked at the kitchen walls. I did it again. All over. The number 13. A magic marker lay loosely in my hand. You wrote it in the hallway too. Are you okay? I, I don't think so. Let's get you up. This wasn't the first time I was found sleepwalking, writing the number 13 all over the walls of our house. In the morning, Mom took off for work, and I tried my best scrubbing the marker off the kitchen walls. Around noon, I took a break and went outside. 
I sat on the front porch and closed my eyes. It was November, but it was also Florida, so it wasn't that much cooler than the summer. I didn't have a job, but not for lack of trying to get one. No one would hire me. I'm sure my interview skills weren't at their best right now, but that's what happens when everyone you know died around you and the only real sleep you get is 20 minutes here and there during the day. I tried getting some sleep now, but it wasn't happening. My eyes opened as I heard a car pull up in front of my house. A black Chevy Caprice sat there, with windows tinted. I sat up in the wooden chair and stared at the vehicle. A whole minute passed before a woman climbed out and made her way toward me. She wore a white button-up and dark blue jeans. David Summers? Yes. She stopped at the end of the porch. May I come up? Depends. Are you a reporter or a cop? Is it that obvious? Painfully. I'm not a reporter. Then you can come up. My name is Detective Emily Rowland. She held out her hand. I shook it. You mind if I sit? You know, I've talked to the cops so many times now, I really don't have anything else to say. You don't believe me, and that's fine, but don't waste any more of my time. She stared at me a moment before sitting. I know, I know what you've been through, and I've read all the reports and I've heard all the recordings. I understand it's troubling. That's putting it mildly. All my friends are fucking dead. I didn't mean the situation you were in was troubling. I was referring to the interrogation. They either laughed in my face or accused me of killing my own friends. I know. And many of the cops that did that have been reprimanded. That makes me feel so much better. I'm not here to... Oh, how do I say this? I'm not here for official police business. Then what are you here for? She stood up and paced about the porch. I was there that night. What night? I listened to your recordings. The night you escaped happened to be the same night that I was in Rutherford with my partner. We, uh, we went to Lake Terra. It had to be around midnight. We went into the woods. We heard noises. We went into the woods and, uh, the bodies you described. The bodies in the trees, we saw them. So did all the other cops. We saw the woman you described, too. What? She attacked us. We fired. She didn't stop. Then noises. Noises throughout the woods. We ran. We got separated in Kent, my partner. He was gone. I was able to make it back to the car, but Kent never showed called for backup, but no one came. The radio wasn't working, and neither was my phone. 
Not until the morning did backup show up. After they found you at the rest stop, they found no woman. The captain thought I was making it up. How could he think you're making that up? He had his reasons. Which are... I'd rather not go into them. He put me on leave. What happened to your partner? She sat again and leaned forward. He's gone. I knew Kent for a long time. Kent was gay. His lover Paul and him had kept it a secret for some time. Kent's parents never really took to the news. The captain and most of Kent's friends believed there was a family squabble. And he ran off. Paul's gone too. They think they may have ran off together. But you said... I was with Kent when we went into the woods. He never came out. He also never wound up hanging in a tree. Sorry to be so crass. I think Paul ended up leaving because he thought Kent ran off without him. I tried to contact Paul to tell him what was going on, but he seems to have changed his number, and no one seems to have the new one. Do you think he's dead? Ken? I don't like to think about that. But do you think so? It's been nearly three months. Of course he's dead. Why don't you tell the captain? Because he thinks I'm out of my mind. I told you, he has his reasons. So all of this shit happens and no one believes us. I finally find someone who can back up my story, but her boss thinks she's crazy. Everyone thinks you're crazy. Do you? No. That's only because I saw it with my own two eyes. But what did you see? What do you mean? You know what I saw. Yes, I do. But your friends at the precinct grilled me for weeks. How do you describe what you saw? It's not easy. Exactly. I leaned back in my chair and closed my eyes. I took a deep breath. Can I ask you why you're here? If you can't back up my story, why even come here? I wanted to talk to you. We've talked. And I want to help you. I slowly opened my eyes. How? There's a reason all of this is happening. There's a reason for everything. You don't wonder why you've had crazy nightmares? You don't wonder why your friends died at Lake Terra? You don't wonder why you keep writing the number 13 on your walls? How? Then I noticed the window was open, and the number 13 was clearly visible all over the hallway. Sorry. I didn't mean to invade your privacy, but I noticed right when I walked up. I wonder that shit every damn day. Patricia Sanders had the same issues before she went crazy and killed people strolling down the streets of Rutherford. So, I'm going crazy. Maybe. I'm not sure. But I want to help. Because I was taken off the case and given leave doesn't mean I can't still detect. I've been doing a lot of research. Stuff that happened in Rutherford is fairly similar to what happened in another small town in Massachusetts. Is that so? Yes. Leyden Falls. I'm going there. That woman in the woods. Was that the woman from Rutherford? 
the same woman who was gunned down by police and pronounced dead at the scene of the crime. Then how was she walking around with a butcher knife gutting my friends? That's what I want to find out. And going to this town is going to help? I think it's a good place to start. Why? Because finding a connection may help us figure out what exactly is going on. Roland stood again. You know, I've been to Lake Terror a couple of times since that night, hoping to find some kind of clue to what happened to Kent. The whole place is roped off. It's eerie how quiet it is, even during the day. I've walked into the cabin, through the field, down the trails, around the dried-up lake. Those things came from the lake. What are you talking about? I never told them that during my interrogation. They blame the lake on a sinkhole. Maybe, but I was there when the lake was full, and I was there when the lake was drained. The creatures were coming out of it. When the earth is drained, all hell breaks loose. What? Patricia Sanders. That's what Seth said. That's what she was heard saying before she went on a rampage. I'm leaving for Boston in a week. I don't have money. I'll pay your way. I'd really like you to accompany me. But I'll understand if you don't. I'll understand if you want to be rid of all of this. <laughs> That's the problem. I'm not rid of all this. I motioned towards the window. Here's my number. Roland handed me a card. Get in touch with me soon. Try not to tell anyone about this either. I'm risking a lot here. Take care. She headed down the steps of the porch. Hey. Yeah? Do you think I'm going to end up like her? Like the woman in Rutherford? I don't know. This town. You think we could find answers? I don't know. She didn't know anything, but neither did I. Take your time. Decide. I'll go. Really? I nodded slowly. <laughs> I'll go. Once again, I stayed up all night watching old movies. This time it was bringing a baby. Cary Grant was crawling around, following a dog as he searched for a lost dinosaur bone. A classic screwball comedy that I could barely smirk at. My eyelids felt heavy. 
Oh no. Here we go. I woke to find myself lying in the middle of the road. Blood pooled around me, but I didn't feel pain. Was it my blood? I tried to get up, but I couldn't move. I could see things moving towards me. Who were they? Then I realized they weren't people. Creatures. They were creatures like the ones at the cabin. They walked towards me, hunched over. No. Get away. No. I struggled to move, but I couldn't. They were closer now, right on top of me. I couldn't see their faces all hid by shadow. No, please. The creatures bent down, their long arms reaching for my face. sat up in bed, sweat pouring down my brow. I had a raging migraine. I got up and went to the medicine cabinet. I took two aspirins, swallowed them without water. Don't go. Was this ever going to end? That's when I noticed my razor sitting in the medicine cabinet. I stared at myself in the mirror for a long time, contemplating. It would be so easy, so peaceful. I could finally be rid of all this. I grabbed the razor, broke off the plastic pieces, and removed the tiny metal bands. I cut myself. 
The blood poured out quickly. I slowly drifted to sleep while listening to Catherine Hepburn try to woo Cary Grant. Finally, I would get some rest. Robert M. Lamb, starring Robert M. Lamb as David, Amy LeRae as Roland, also starring Jean Lamb, April Cadmus Marsh, and Julia W.D. Harrison. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Dylan Mixer of DMixMusic.com. If you enjoy Paralyzed, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. has been a Seven Lamb production.